0: That's F R E T 1 0. That's all at isotope.com. dot com.
1: Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John. Yes? It's the High Gain Podcast. It is the High Gain Podcast. I'm just going to hit you with some facts. Facts. It's sunny out. Yes. We are in beautiful West Seattle. Beautiful West Seattle. It's beautiful today. It is. We're going to talk about guitars. Yes. We're not going to talk about amps. No. We're not going to talk about basses. No. We're not going to talk about those grandpa-y acoustic guitar things. It might a little bit. Oh, really? Maybe a little bit. Ugh.
0: Gross. Gross. Today, Ed, we're going to be talking about the Sigma SBE-2-9. An
1: SG. You're playing an SG. Yeah, except it isn't. S-B-E-2-9. By Sigma. By Sigma. S-B. Uh-huh. Solid body. E. Solid body electric. S-B-E-2 pickups-9? Is it because this is a nine string guitar? I don't know.
0: That's six strings, yeah. Beverages, that's right, Ed. Beverages, I gotta tell you. Yeah. Been looking forward to this one.
1: Yeah? Have you? I have. Yeah. Listen to this, John. Oh, I'm going to do that too. You know, it probably has come up a few times in the past that I don't actually drink. I don't either. Yeah. John and Ed are a couple of teetotally guys.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I feel empowered now. Yeah. One of our newest sponsors is Self-Care Non-Alcoholic Beer. Yeah. Three Magnets Brewing Company.
1: Out of Olympia, Washington. Olympia, Washington. Our good friends to the south. Just down the road a there. The Stones Throw. You know what we should do? What? We should actually drive down there. And give them high fives and stuff. Go down there. Uh huh. Run in. Yeah. High five them. Back in the car. Not even identify ourselves or yeah, anything. Just high five and split. That would be sick.
0: They were nice enough to send us some beers to try. hmm I know that you, Ed, have tried lots of different non alcoholic beers. You've become familiar with the kind of range available myself. Yep. I largely avoided them because the few I tried, they were pretty bad. These guys want to change all that. Right. They're like, hey, man, craft beers taste delicious. Right. We want non-alcoholic beers to be equally fun to drink. Sure. So I've got a self-care double down hazy IPA. What do you have?
1: I have a self-care non-alcoholic Palisade Pale. This is really good. Is it dumb to say it tastes like a real beer? I don't think that's dumb at all.
0: Put some of that pale in there. Uh, okay, that's cool. Okay. I just want to try yours.
1: Let's see. John's getting weird on Oh, me. you know
0: what would be good in that? What? A wedge of lemon.
1: It's a lovely day out, so that would be great. You know, I'm two thumbs up on this. Yeah. It's one of those weird things, John. Yes. They're a sponsor, so that's awesome. Yeah, of course John and Ed would say that. Right. Would we? We might. We might. We're kind of suck-ups. In this case, yes. it's totally true. It is totally true. I'm going to Palm Springs. Awesome. And I have to drive. Could I stop in? Stop in. Hey, it's Ed Peterson from the High Gain Podcast, and you guys love me because I'm Ed Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Would they load my cooler up with non alcoholic beers to take down to Palm Springs? Because it's going to be hot. While you're gone.
0: Yeah. I have organized a blindfold taste test with Uncle Frank over there at Thunder Road Guitars.
1: No kidding? Yeah.
0: I'm going to get a couple of red solo cups. Yeah. And I'm going to put one of these self-care beers in one and a regular beer in another. It's an
1: experiment. Yeah.
0: As I mentioned, Ed, This is a Sigma guitar. Yeah. Why do I associate this with grandpa guitars? Yeah. We're going to talk about our good friends over there at Martin Guitars, fine makers of grandpa guitars. I love them. And their interesting history with trying to make electric guitars.
1: Okay. So there's a connection between this here Sigma and Martin. Yes.
0: Sigma is a brand.
1: Okay. Started by Martin. Yeah. Okay. Did I know that? Can you buy like acoustics with the Sigma name on them? Uh Uh-huh. Is that like the low-end Martin? Uh Uh-huh. Grab your non-alcoholic beer. I'm chugging it down.
0: And come with me, Ed, back to 1962.
1: Sure. All right. 1962. Okay.
0: Martin is thinking, why don't we dip our toes in the electric guitar waters?
1: So Martin Guitars. Yes. Family owned. Yes. Still family owned. That's right. One of the oldest continuous musical instrument manufacturing companies in the United States of America. In the world. The oldest? Zildjian. Yes, by far. (laughs) By like centuries, right? Martin's not second, is it? They might be second. Oldie times, like in that Hateful Eight movie when they smashed that Martin guitar. Yeah. They thought it was a prop. Kurt Russell did that. Yep. They've been around long enough that they have those old guitars. Yeah.
0: Highly respected manufacturer of acoustic instruments. Yeah. So in 1962, Mm -hmm. they're like, hey, let's try some thin line guitars. Jazzy Boys with the F-holes. Okay. They put out three of those. Yeah. They put out one with a single pickup Mm -hmm. and a couple of others with two pickups. Did they
1: make their own pickups? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Also okay.
0: They were gone by 1965 out of lack of interest. Nobody cared. Imagine a double cutaway jazz boxy thing, ES-335, kind of, with a Martin Acoustic headstock. Yeah. It didn't work out for them. But they were undaunted, Ed. You think they're scared of throwing stuff against the wall? No. As long as it's not some vintage guitar they're throwing. I get it. Yeah, I called it back. Yeah. In 1966, just one year after that disaster, Uh they're like, all right, let's try this shit again. Let's make a new series. We'll call it the GT series. GT only two of them, the GT-70 and the GT-75. One was a single cut, one was a double cut. Okay. That was a disaster, in the end of that. Imagine at this point, 1966, at least in America, the folk boom? Yeah. Martin is going great guns in the acoustic space. The musicians must be thinking, if I want an electric, I'll go get a Fender or a Gibson. But of course, that's precisely what Martin is trying to compete with. It's the guitar boom, after all. It's the 60s. They want some of that dough. I don't know if it's because the designs weren't interesting, or they sounded crappy, or it just was not their core competency. Sure. So they gave it up. Until, Ed, 1970. They are persistent. Sure, keep at it. You can't hold them down.
1: Wow. I'm looking at a Martin GT70. Yeah. In burgundy.
0: The single cut.
1: They only made 453 of these. Yeah, nobody wanted them. You're holding an SG, though. Yeah. You want to know
0: how that began? Yeah. After these things became dismal failures, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> they went back to the drawing board. Okay. 1970 is a pivotal year here, Ed. They think, okay, now all this shit is coming from Asia. Mm-hmm. Let's start our own brand and start importing things. We'll call the brand Sigma. And we'll have our friends in the Asian countries make less expensive versions of our acoustic guitars. Okay. So that's what they started doing. Hate it. It was a weird kind of enigma because the build quality was very good. It was very high, but to keep the cost down, the materials were sometimes less than. So, okay, maybe not a solid top, that kind of thing. Sure. It kind of worked. It enabled them to position themselves in with Yamahas or whatever else that was coming in at the time.
1: I don't put the demise of American manufacturing on the Martin family. Uh huh. That is not a thing I am willing to do. But man, I just find it so disappointing. When I hear about these companies that were such early adopters of offshoring.
0: Maybe that is precisely why they created the Sigma brand.
1: It doesn't have the Martin name on it.
0: Yeah. Then, Ed, in 1973, they're like, wow, this is going so great. Let's do electric guitars. What, What else is happening in 73 generally in guitar development, especially the stuff coming from Japan?
1: There's like the lawsuit era where everyone's just copying the big boys. Yep.
0: Less expensive copies of the iconic guitar shapes. Yeah. Yeah. Martin, or Sigma, was no exception.
1: Brutal. Can
0: you believe that, Martin? Yeah. Martin had never done solid bodies of any kind before 73. All the previous efforts, as I mentioned, were the Jazzy Boy Thin Lines. So they farmed this out to Tokai in Japan. Okay, who were known to be good makers of things like this. They only made four Sigmas for Martin. One is the one I'm holding right here, Mm -hmm. the SG style in natural. The next one is another SG, but in cherry. Okay. You could get a Telecaster style in cherry, or you could get a bass. That's it. Two SGs, a Tele, and a bass. All right. This one, the SBG-2-9, it's a little fancier. There are Grover
1: closed tuners, gold hardware. This thing's got like an aftermarket tremolo on it.
0: This came with it.
1: What are all those screws on it?
0: Yeah, that's the weird thing. In front of the bridge, behind the bridge, and to the side of the Bigsby and just below it, there are screws in the body. I don't know what would have been in this thing. Maybe somebody modified this to do something else, decided against it, took it out, didn't like the look of screw holes, so decided to leave the screws on the body. It has pearl inlays on a maple neck. The body is actually cedar.
1: It's got that German carve thing going on.
0: It does, around the edge of it. Let's see. If I go the bridgiest. neckiest neck sure I wouldn't say it's like baseball bat neck it's just like a healthy C
1: if you listen to the ad at the beginning of this the pad that's going under that is actually recorded on this here guitar on this guitar that's Ed playing that one take banger
0: from the mind of Ed Peterson It seems to shine when we put a little grit on it. I'll put on the 1981 Inventions DRV pedal. Stays in tune when you wham on the wham bar.
1: You said Bigsby.
0: It is not an actual Bigsby.
1: Pros made in Japan. That is the end of the pro list for this guitar.
0: Well, okay. Then in 1973, when this comes out, yep. what are you paying in 1973 dollars for an SG copy made under Martin's Sigma
1: brand name? Yeah, $209.
0: That's pretty good, Ed.
1: It's $274.50. That feels like too much. How much is that? Today dollars? Yeah. It's like $1,800. Bucks. That seems way too high. The SGs were discontinued for a little bit there. Yes. In 73, they reintroduced the line, same year. You could get an SG-1, which was the baseline SG single pickup for 259 Interesting. You could get an actual Gibson SG. Lower appointments than this thing, but cheaper.
0: I would tell today people, Yeah. if you played an SG-1
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you played this, Use your ears. Maybe don't completely trust the name on either of them because they're not prototypical.
1: Sure, I guess you could do that for me. If I'm in the market for an SG guitar or an SG style guitar, I would not buy an SG-1 or this Sigma thing.
0: Yeah, I probably wouldn't either.
1: I feel like we've covered a similar guitar to this, your Guild, right here. That's just pretty SG copy. That thing is cool. It does more stuff. It's got the Bigsby style trim, but it just is a big old branded guild on it. It is a know. Bigsby. Oh, yeah.
0: Licensed from Bigsby. Cool. Some people call it a Guildsby. Yeah. Well, I think your instincts are right on this, Ed. Okay. Four models, as I say, two SGs, a Tele, and a base. The rough estimate is anywhere from 150 to 250 of each of those models. Yeah. So this guitar I'm holding, the natural finish SG, it's like 250 of them made. Yeah. So it's the eye of the beholder kind of thing. Totally attainable. Even though these weren't very popular, Martin sought to minimize the impact of any bias people had at the time against this offshore stuff. They emphasized that the guitars were all inspected in Nazareth, Pennsylvania before being sent out.
1: That kind of added more overhead for the Martin people to have to do that. I could imagine you're a Martin employee. Even if your job is to set up guitars, hey, we're getting another pallet of Sigma guitars shipped in from Japan. You want to spend the next two weeks setting all these guitars up?
0: It just must not have worked out because one year later, Ed, 1974... That's it. They're done. Yeah. Or so they thought. You can't keep them down, Ed.
1: Yeah, you've got a bad idea. you got to ride that thing into the sunset. You don't let go of bad ideas.
0: All right, man, let's try this again, they say. <sighs> sure. 1975.
1: Gone for a year.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. They come out with three more. These things had Demarzios phase switching, coil splitting, active electronics if you wanted. Oh, sure. So they had two electrics and a bass. That didn't really work either. What were they? Strat, Les Paul. They weren't trying to do anything too nutty. Okay. But they did do some of that later. Some weird, uniquely Martin-type shapes. Those would have been the E series. E18 or EM18.
1: Mm, these are Sigma? Yes. Oh, my God. You know, it's kind of in that Kramer camp where it looks neck through. It's got the striping that runs down alongside the neck. It's fake. Is it? They put contrasting strips of wood on either side of what would be... A neck
0: through. A neck through. It's just a set neck. Yeah. It was that time in history where it's like, hey, let's put brass nuts on stuff and active circuitry
1: options and... I like it when I'm always surprised by headstock design. I think I've seen the worst headstocks. And to be surprised, I might hate this thing even more than anything else I've ever seen.
0: It's like a teardrop with a bloip on the top. (laughs) It's a takeoff on what's called the Stauffer headstock from the early 1800s.
1: I just know that this Sigma headstock on the E18 is gross. Yeah. That is terrible. Got that wire instruments going.
0: Yeah, the Summoner fuzz.
1: Sigma E18. You could get one of those boys today for $650. Man.
0: 1982. Whoops. They discontinued them. Yeah. But that's cool, Ed. They would try again. (laughs) The Stinger series. Ooh. Those were almost exclusively the traditional shapes. Strat, Telly, Les Paul. They were probably the lowest end of all the electrics Martin had tried. And they were sold by a kind of department at Martin called Martin Telemarketing. I don't know what that is. Do you call up and be like, yes, I would like one of these now? Or I don't know what that means.
1: Telemarketing. I don't imagine it's a thing in the way it was when landlines were ubiquitous. Yes. Let me tell you, kids, back in the day. Back in the day. Old Uncle Eddie lived in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh Uh-huh. You know what they have a lot of? Telemarketers? Yeah. You know why? Middle of the country. So you could call New York and you could call Seattle or LA. And the time zone is just like split the difference. And this was back when long distance was more expensive. So you put it in the center and you're going to hit everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a telemarketer for a while. What were you selling? Everything. Nordic track? The way it worked was people would see a commercial on TV for Nordic Track. They would get a Nordic Track brochure sent to them, but they would have to, as part of that, give their phone number and address and all that shit Ugh. to get the brochure. And then two weeks later, old Ed gives them a call. They're like, what the fuck? So I bet people sent in for Martin catalogs. You know, you're in some guitar magazine you send away for a Martin catalog. The next thing you know, some asshole's calling you up trying to sell you an electric guitar from some shitty, who knows. I'm sorry to everyone I ever called.
0: Yeah, Ed, the Stinger series. Sold by Martin Telemarketing. I guess that's how that worked. Want a brochure on the Stinger series? Yeah. Give us all your information, and then we'll call and bother you later.
1: Ed Peterson will call you up and try and sell you crap.
0: By 1990, the Stinger is discontinued. Mm. It's all gone. Mm. By 2007, Mm -hmm. the entire Sigma line is discontinued. Okay. By the time they're done, they had expanded across all different countries and all different lines and guitar shapes.
1: When they were expanding out, almost certainly, there were companies that were spun up in any number of countries. Uh Or you could just call them up and say, hey, we need... 2,000 SG style guitars, and they're like 10-4.
0: And not to mention all the acoustics they were doing anyway. Yeah, all those continued to be a thing.
1: Martin didn't spin up a factory in Japan. No, they just outsourced this stuff. That's right. Who will build this for the cheapest amount? So they discontinued in 2007, but you can Mm. still get Sigmas. Okay, how did that happen? Some dude thought, "Oh, Sigma, that's a name." That's a trusted name from the 70s. <laughs> That's quality is job one. Well, there was a company called
0: AMI Musical Instruments. Yeah, They were a distributor in Germany. And as it happens, they held the distribution rights to Sigma in Germany. So they were like, why don't we just buy the rights to the name? They're not using it anymore. Let's do that. They ran into a weird problem with trademark in the US.
1: Sure. To think there aren't 20 companies under the Sigma name would be crazy.
0: AMI managed to nail down the Sigma brand in Europe. They just couldn't sell them in the United States. So they branded them AMI. In the U.S.? In the U.S. Exact same guitar, AMI.
1: On the headstock.
0: You can look up AMI guitars and you'll see them all. There's lots of them. The low-end, reasonably-priced
1: stuff. Big in the ukulele game, these guys. The uke game? They're the best. And that, Ed?
0: Yeah? That's the end of the story for not only this Sigma SBE 2-9 SG-style guitar, but Martin's various forays into electrified guitar instruments. Cool. You gotta try it. Try it. I know you want it, Ed. Should I even ask if it's a buy or deny for you? Yeah, I don't like that guitar. You
1: don't? I like SGs. So if I were going to get something like this, I would probably get an SG because you can actually get SGs for not a lot. But then if I weren't going to do that, I'm sitting here and the guitar right next to me is your Guild. Yeah. My head is spinning back and forth between the Guild and the Sigma and the Guild is so much cooler.
0: I think you're right. On a buy or deny scale, I have to agree. This is a deny for me. I mean, it sounds serviceable enough. But you're right. Serviceable enough might not be enough. Yeah. Scenarios, if I went to
1: a garage sale. For a couple hundred bucks, it'd be awesome. But then when you're in the couple hundred buck range, it's almost like any guitar. Oh, a couple hundred bucks? Sure. Of course I'd buy that.
0: Well, like we do. I'm going to take pictures of this. Oh, yeah. And the people will decide, Ed. We are mere servants. Let the people decide, John. This is not an oligarchy. No. This is a benevolent social democratic podcast. Mm. If we could afford to, we would give all the listeners free health care.
1: Yes. Yeah. Universal basic income. The roads would be in great shape. Hell yeah. Recycling would be amped up. Our military would be cut down. Open borders. These are our platforms.
0: Yeah, for this podcast.
1: These are a few things that we are going to invite you to enjoy with us.
0: So yeah, we'll put the pictures up. Check them out at the High Gain on Instagram or Facebook. Sure. Go to the website, thehighgain.com. Yeah. Read
1: some episode notes. Why not? Why not? Maybe go to Thunder Road Guitars. Thunderroadguitars.com. Yeah, that's the point. Oh yeah, those guys are great. Yeah. If you
0: want to learn more about the context in which we bring you this riveting content, go to Ruinous Media. Oh, the Ruinous Boys. Yeah, we are part of the Ruinous Media family
1: of music-related podcasts. They helped get us in touch with some of those sponsors at the beginning of the show because they're real cool like that. We thank those sponsors, and we thank you, Mm -hmm. the listeners. Great job today, John. Oh, that was really nice. Bye. Okay, bye.